Hello, you're listening to the Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo! And we're from the OtakuSpirit.com website, where you can go for all of our anime, new and old. Great community in the forum links top there. Social links over on that right side, and all that good stuff. But yes, today is our second part of our fall of 2017 anime reviews. Uh, we're going to kick things off with Blood Blockade Battlefront and Beyond, Just Because, Girls Last Tour, Himoto Marochan R, A Sister's All You Need, Land of the Lustrious, Konohana Katan, and Food Wars, The Third Plate. It's a jam-packed one. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to talk about it's a lot like of these shows. It's like 50 million on here. No, that's that's not 50 million. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, um, your numbering is way <laughs> off. Uh, but his his ability to number things aside. Yes, we just got done with our uh, Deliberations podcast. So we got all those posted up. So if you missed them, they're all up there on the website or on our podcast feed. We hope you guys enjoy those. And uh, that's that's that pretty much would wrap up 2017 besides the last two parts of these reviews that we have to do. So I hope you guys enjoy it all. A lot of, a lot of content for y'all. Hopefully this one will be not an hour long podcast, but it won't be bad because we've just posted... You know, four or so, five hours of podcast this week. So, like f- a million hours worth of podcasting. Andrew's been having fun editing. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Andy. Uh, we will be talking about it in the discussional podcast later this month, but I do want to throw it out there so people know beforehand because it's going to be a while before then. But uh, Anime Strike is no longer a thing. They still have anime. They're they're reverting back to pre Anime Strike where it's just available from Prime. So, if you've been holding back on getting. Anime Strike, now you can... All those all those shows are now available for you. Like Onihei that we got about for the entire discussion podcast, or the deliberations. All right, well, let's, uh, let's jump things right into our first review we have here, which is Blood Blockade Battlefront and Beyond, or Kekai Sensen and Beyond, which streamed on Crunchyroll, ran for 12 episodes, done by Studio Bones, and based off of a manga. And uh, for those that didn't miss my review of the original series, it basically takes place in New York. Um, this Hell's Helm lot has been opened up, uh, kind of merging New York with this whole, you know, other world that kind of envelops the entire town, puts this mystic, misty bubble around it. And uh, things kind of pursue, you know, resume as New York would, as New Yorkers would be able to have <laughs> two demons walk around the street and people just go about their days uh, just with having demons and stuff running all over the place. And there's this group of people that actually, uh, you know, maintain the balance between, you know, the humans and the demons. And uh, we join a man named uh, Leonardo who he was once visiting this location with his sister and this demon appeared and basically gave them the choice which one was going to see the future, uh, you know, go about and to see the future and and the sister kind of jumped out there and said if you're going to take something you're going to take it from me and the demon takes away her sight and gives leonardo these kind of god eyes that will allow him to manipulate sight and uh, leonardo kind of pursues to go find this demon to restore his sister's sight and that leads him into this hell's Helm lot and uh or new york so to speak and to try to find this demon and get answers uh, and he quickly joins this organization that actually uh, maintains this order between the demons and humans. And the first season was pretty cool. Uh, it was a little bit chaotic throughout the entire series. It was pretty episodic going through it until the kind of final episodes where they did a really quick arc. Uh, the second season kind of picks up where it leaves off with Blood Bucket, Battlefront, and Beyond. And it kind of joins them as a kind of, instead of them being completely random you know, single shot episodes, they kind of go into each one of the characters with this season, which was pretty cool. And then they had a final arc uh, involving the sister towards the later parts of it. So 
yay, I got my sister arc finally, <laughs> or something of a sister arc. Doesn't, doesn't didn't really have any conclusions, but I guess that could be one of the uh, you know warnings for it. I wouldn't say it's really so much a downside uh, because I do still enjoy the series. I do want, I would like to see some kind of progression with the story uh, with him and his sister because they kind of keep highlighting it. I would, I probably wouldn't mind it so much if they didn't highlight it every two minutes, but. Having Leonardo comp- constantly thinking about the fact that he's uh, he feels bad about the situation that uh, took his sister's sight, you would you know delve into it more. But they they seem to still kind of throw it around like a you know carrot on a stick, so to speak. Uh, that aside, though, like I said, I I really enjoyed this season because it gave us character progression with a lot of the characters, uh, insights into a lot of characters that we got nothing from in the first season, which was really really cool. Uh, I've mentioned before, which I enjoyed Chain's arc. I really enjoyed that character. Uh, getting more into Steven, uh, Zed. Uh, even had an episode for KK, Mother KK, which was really, really cute. Uh, those kind of things was really, really cool to get more insight into these characters. And I guess similarly to the first season, which was, the first season was a little more, um, broke me a little more. And that, I think that it was also kind of, upsetting also at the same time because the first season for those that don't remember uh took a long time to get the final episodes out so uh this one thankfully didn't have any delays but this one had a really stellar last uh, couple episodes it it really did ramp up tensions it it put leonardo in a very uh you know helpless situation and it came out to a absolutely fantastic little conclusion to uh, that particular arc that, you know, I mentioned in another podcast, but had me wanting to jump out of my seat. The music was on cue. The animation was top notch. Uh, the presentation of that particular situation was just stellar. I, I love it to death. It had kind of a tap out uh, scenario, which was really, really cool. And I, I absolutely loved it. So really, really great series. Um, still continues its usual kind of... Uh, dark or violent humor that they kind of do with the series, which is, you know, there's something really bad happening, but they still somehow make it comical. Uh, so it's, it, it has a tone of its own, a style of its own, uh, really great music, great animation, uh, great characters that you just love to be around. Uh, I think the only downside is, is probably just the overarching plot lines just don't really seem to go anywhere because it spends so much time doing these little, you know, one shot episodes or one shot stories. Which isn't a bad thing because they are really, really fun stories. So, really, really fun series. Been enjoying it, um, and I would love to see more. I almost want to say I, I enjoy this season more than the first season. Oh yeah, yeah. It's really frustrating because I, I, I th- one thing that I will give this show is the characters are so cool looking, <laughs> and and the scene that Andrew showed me it was like. Man, that is just too epic looking. I why did I give up on this show? I I fought against my better judgment. I'm like it technically is sort of spoiler to the ending of that 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 final arc, but I really wanted to see because I was talking about it in our deliberations podcast, and I was like, I want to show him what I mean when I wanted to jump out of my seat and cheer because it was such a cool little coming over overcoming uh, situation that was uh, had me all ramped up. So I had to show him. Yeah, and these characters just fit into those cool those cool s- scenes where they're just walking in and saving the day. It's just that's just who these characters are, and they pull it off so well. Yeah, it's it's kind of a trope that I don't really care much for in most series, but this one just kind of somehow pulls it off because it it did so well in kind of creating this really grim situation that uh, made you want to see it. <laughs> you were you were wanting it, so yeah, 
really, really cool. Like I said, I, I think one of my other favorite arcs was probably KK, um, her little trying to balance her child's, uh, parent day and actually working was a lot of fun. So, and she's, she's pretty cool too. So statement, like Steven's I'm episode was great too. Loved not it. like I'm that far behind. I got through most of the first season. It's only two cores. <laughs> only, I got through most of the first first season. Yep, yep. Really cool. Loved it. Um, definitely recommend it. If you have not watched the first season, jump into that one. Definitely recommend it. And like I said, I think the second season just kind of ramps it up a bit. Uh, even though it did have a, a change of hands, I think they still did a uh, spectacular job with it. So, it's cool stuff. And that's uh, Blood Blockade Battlefront and Beyond. Let's jump into Just Because. Just Because. Let's jump in just because, just because. Uh, this one was streaming on Amazon, ran for 12 episodes, uh, done by Studio Pine Jam, based off an original, uh, I think it was the anniversary thing for Pine Jam, something like that. The genres are drama, romance, and school. And this one follows Izumi as he returns back to like the last semester of the, of the last year of their uh, high schools, of his the school that he went to when he was a child. Uh, I think he moved away at middle school or something like that. Yeah. And so he's returning back to his hometown and going back to his old school. Uh, like I said, at, at the very last semester of the school year, um, he's kind of re-meeting each of these uh, people that he once knew when he was younger and going to that school as each one of them are trying to figure out what they're going to do with their future. Some of them have, you know, planned colleges they're going to go to. Some are trying to think about sports maybe or leaving their club activities behind as they go off to universities and, uh, rekindling love interests between some of them or maybe finally confessing uh, love for some other characters. So that kind of opens up just because. You want to give your impressions of this series? <laughs> this show, I think, just absolutely knocked it out of the park for me. I It it came in with um, with with these, these characters. It has a slow, methodical pace going through the entire show. It does a very, very... Um, mood setting when it whenever it's it's trying to convey its feelings on different characters and as as the story progressed you you feel you i found myself always ending the episode going man that was such a great episode and yet at the same time i was always in this weird place whenever we would get ready to start the 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 show of oh man another one of those episodes and it's only because of the way the 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 show kind of feels when 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 you watch the show it feels very very slow and it's and it's just a this is i guess in the best way i could put it is this is the a slice of life in its purest form it absolutely is just these people's lives boring in some points kind of dramatic in some points kind of cute in other points it's just what it is it's these characters' lives, and it just so well done, and I, I love it. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you that it, it definitely, because it is a slice of life in its purest form. This is one of those slower shows, so if you don't like slow shows, you're probably going to be a little more dissuaded by this show. But I think, I think if you're looking for a slice of life, this one's probably as as pure as you can get of a slice of life. It is it is grounded. It's it's paced like life is. Things kind of go smoothly. Or, Things kind of go at, at time's pace, so characters aren't always, you know, try, it's not always trying to throw drama at you. Characters sometimes have plenty of time to really think about the situations they're going through. And that, that I think that's really what, what makes this show sign. I think it is an, 
I want to say it's it's very beautifully animated, but at the same time, it is sort of has issues with being off model. But I do credit the studio for doing an excellent job of animating the series because the characters look lively. They look like they're moving around. There's no real steals with you know face uh, or mouth flapping. It's really the characters are constantly moving around almost naturally. So I do definitely give them credit for making a visually pleasing looking show. A lot of the character signs are also very unique to uh, anime. And a lot of characters like uh, Komiya and um, Soma, these are characters that don't really... Uh, you don't really see much in anime, which was really cool. But I do agree with you. I think I think it's a great slice of life series. Um, as for the story, it was kind of telling. I think it's a great uh, it's a great time period that you do see in anime, but it's often kind of quickly browsed over. It's usually a lot of anime will usually cover you know an entire year of of of, of these you know students' lives, and then it comes to the conclusion where everybody's kind of teary eyed and they go on with their lives. This one really is hitting specifically this last semester, and they're really getting into them really thinking about what they want to do in their future, uh, who they want to connect with before they finally part ways, before they leave school. Because it is a it is a very uh, life-changing moment in uh, a student's life. They're going from – they've been with these people like every year, sitting with each other, whatever, and then suddenly you know, they're all splitting off and going in different directions for different universities – and that's definitely something that was was interesting to kind of watch these characters debate these kind of things. Um, I, the only kind of struggle that I have, and it's not really a huge knock on it because it's not that I feel it ruins the show. It's just something like I, I wish I had a little more. And it's really the love interest that they have in the show. I think they did a good job in kind of portraying that, you know, these 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 two particular characters have been around each other enough that they would have a crush on each other or whatever. But then you have these other characters who they don't really specifically get too much into why they have interest in each other. You can leave it as maybe it's just just, you know, visual crushes. They they've seen this person, they had a crush, and now they're trying to act on it. But when you have characters kind of debating between um their choices, you would think they would have a little more in there to explain why they have an interest in a certain character. But like I said, those are just kind of me wanting a little a little more out of uh the love story it's telling. Like I mentioned, it's technically giving us a, a specific piece of time for these characters, and so I can actually I can actually see them not wanting to spend so much time going. Okay, let's dive into their past. Let's really get into the nitty gritty of this. Just kind of let them express themselves in the time, and I think it does. I think it does a good job of that. So, uh, and my other issue is that uh, I think it it was a little bit predictable, and I and I kind of fault it because. It's a similar thing that happens in a lot of shows. They they spend too much time trying to highlight certain characters, or they spend too much time, maybe in the intro, giving too much uh, appearance of one character being a focus. And so this kind of has an issue where you're like, I know how this is going to end by episode three. They're introducing some kind of uh, to a, a route that this character can take. They can take this road or this road. But you're going, well, if I add up the opening and the focus, I already know he's going to take the left route. And yet they still kind of sit there and try to make you go, hmm, but they could take the second route. No, they're not going to take the second route. And I I have issues with that kind of thing where it's – it just kind of su- – it's again, doesn't ruin the show. But it's one of those things that make me go, I wish they wouldn't do that because I would have loved – I almost wanted them to specifically take this other route just to surprise me. But I know they're not, and they probably won't. 
and then I'm going to be disappointed kind of thing. So, again, doesn't ruin the show, but it is one of those kind of pet peeves that I have with a lot of these kind of shows that have that are slice of life, that have a little romance in it. So, uh, But I thought it was cute. I thought, I thought the characters were cute. I love seeing them grow. I love seeing them make their decisions. Uh, some little fun little twist towards the later part of it. Um, and it was just a, a fun little time. I, I kind of agree with Chris. Every time an episode came up, that I do had, I did have a little bit of feeling of like, not so much eh, or anything. Not, and I'm not saying that you're angry at her or whatever, but it's like a okay. It's it's just because time. And then by the end of the episode, I'm going, I want more kind of thing. Yeah. So it doesn't jump out know. at you, but it does grab you in the end. Yeah, I don't know how to. I don't know how to describe it because, and, and that's the only thing I can I can express it as is this. Oh, it's another episode of Just Because, and then when you get done with it, you're always happy with it at the end of the episode, but I don't know how to describe that that initial anticipation. It's not a... It's it's more of a... I don't want to, but I do want to, and, and I don't know how to describe that, that, that feeling, so... That's, I did. I did also like uh, a few bits of it touching on the idea of losing touch with people because Izumi is returning. He, like in the first episode, he immediately uh, reconnects with a uh, uh, this baseball player Soma, and I really enjoyed kind of hearing them talk about how you know them losing con- contact with each other because that is something that a lot of people deal with. You know, um, us especially moving you know cross country at some point in our lives. You do kind of have people that you just know that you would never, ever lose contact with. And you do, because just life happens and pulls you away from each other. And I kind of liked a little bit of time kind of spent, you know, dabbing in on the idea of, of losing contact with people that you know you would, you know, never lose contact with, but you will. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely a great little slice of life show. Um, I won't say that it uh, is going to end up like in my top 10 list of all time or anything like that, but... Uh, if I ever think of Slice of Life, I think it's one that I'll probably throw in there um, somewhere on the list uh, below all of my never-moving Slice of Life shows. <laughs> so, definitely cool. So, anything else to add? Nope. I think that we hit that one pretty good. Yeah. That's uh, just because. Just because. The next show we have is Girls' Last Tour or Shoujo Shimatsu Yoko. You're going to have to, like, extend the screen or something. So many characters. you got to... I got a crud load there. I make sure that Chris sees all the characters here. Uh, Inside Baseball. <laughs> this one streamed on Amazon, ran for 12 episodes, done by studio White Fox. Source is a manga. Genres are sci-fi adventure slice of life. And this one follows uh, Chito or Chichan and Yuri, or she's called Yu. And uh, Chichan and Yu, they basically spend their time driving around this pseudo post-apocalyptic world on this cat and crowd motorbike and they just kind of travel the ruins that were left behind of this civilization that seems to be completely wiped off the map uh obviously as we've seen with some flashbacks due to some kind of war that happened um but uh yeah that's that's basically it <laughs> that is the setup for girls last tour um this one was absolutely a treat and this one kind of goes in that area of anime that is very hard to explain to people. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, not really as far as something like Kimono Friends, but it is one of those shows where when somebody's looking for a show, you don't know if you can, you know, say, go watch Girls Last Tour because you know, you're you not sure if this is what they're looking for. And I think Girls Last Tour sort of falls in the realm, an area in the realm of kind of relaxing, soothing uh almost Iyashi K uh, healing type of shows. It's one of those shows that 
you kind of just turn on and you just find yourself lost in this other world. And it is, it is a very slow-paced trek across this kind of post-apocalyptic world as these two characters are kind of rediscovering for the first time discovering all these things about the world, it kind of hints on a regular basis about the fact that they were very young when they first started uh, riding around this motorbike, and they don't really know much about the world that existed before this whole war happened because they're almost, most of their life has been living in this world. So they don't know what chocolate is, they don't know what uh, sugar is, they don't know half of the things they're looking at, either because they're in locations they've never been before or because they are objects that they've never got to experience for in their life. And that, that that sort of discovery of things is kind of one of those things that, you know, makes it a lot more enjoyable. Uh, just the simple things like music. Uh, they find themselves taking shelter from the rain and they start putting pots and helmets down, and, you know, hearing the beats of the of the raindrops hitting the the objects that they're putting underneath them. And rediscovering that music, it's like it's almost like okay, that's pretty basic stuff there. But at the same time, their discovery and the moment of their char- the characters discovering this thing is is what kind of sets it you know above the rest. Uh, but it was definitely a, a really really cool little little trip with these characters, and uh, kind of sad to see it go. Yeah, that, it is. It is the the biggest drawback to the show is that it's done. I absolutely loved it. I I had so much fun watching these two characters going from place to place doing these these silly little things that only they can really do i mean uh getting into a big old machine and doing something crazy only these two girls can do this in this world that no, is technically just... only you could do that <laughs> <laughs> and she challenge is going to get dragged along and and i just had so much fun i i all the all the little discoveries, like Andrew was saying, the the sound of the rain, it was such a fun little thing where they were just sitting there having themselves a little uh, band right there just for them. And it just was so fun and so much discovery and so much just kick back and just chill and have fun with this show. I loved it. I think the enjoyment of a lot of this comes with the, the chemistry between the two characters. I, they just have one being kind of really ditzy and sometimes scaringly serious and then one being uh very uh knowledgeable and and calm at all times and that obviously clashes a bunch and that's a lot of the enjoyment of the show i will admit that coming in this show i wasn't really sure if it was going to do much for me i i think it, it is one of those shows where you when you come into that first episode you kind of have to get into the pacing of it because it wasn't a very, it was a very jarring first episode for me because it was one of those ones where I'm like, wow, nothing really technically happened in this. And then by the second or third episode, it's one of those ones where you're, you're getting in the pace of it and you're really starting to enjoy it. So, but at the same time, that first episode was probably one of the best episodes. Now that I look back at it, it was really one of those ones where it, it introduces you, it throws some kind of, possibilities at you with the characters or what their mindset might be and uh trolls you <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah definitely definitely a slow paced show definitely one that is uh very atmospheric and something you can kind of get lost in it, it does really well with its backdrops a lot of the visuals and the locations they're at are just sprawling and huge and mysterious uh it isn't it isn't a world it it's not 
pushing to the realm of heavy sci-fi, but at the same time, it is throwing... Like, there's this whole area where all the buildings are on poles. It's very weird like that. Uh, there's places like temples with these really long, almost water-worm-looking things all over the place. Uh, gigantic, sprawling areas of uh, lockers. I'll just say that. There's a bunch of lockers in this big open area. Just, just so many... It's cool because it's it's these characters exploring this post-apocalyptic world, but unlike most post-apocalyptic worlds where you're going, oh, why don't they know? I know what that is. They don't know what that is. Oh, how cute. It is like, I literally don't know what that is, and they're trying to figure out what it is. So you're kind of learning along with the characters, which is kind of cool. It's almost like it's purposely made makes, makes all these things weird so that you're discovering along with them, and you're not going... Oh, I already know what that is. This is kind of boring. I don't. I don't need them to sit here and try to figure out what a toothbrush is. Uh, it is a. It is a world of its own. Uh, really cool little kind of layer to it, which is was also kind of uh, intriguing about it. Um, and the, it, it. It. Even when it is in a comfortable location that you're familiar with, it is. It is really interesting as well. Like just having them have a moment where they're in a room trying to imagine a normal life is is really cool as well. So. I guess that's I, I'm I'm over talking this so just pretty much it, it knocked it out of the park and it was a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, it did have some slow times, but uh, I can't. I think it uh, if you if you find yourself invested in this kind of sprawling world, you won't find those those slow times to be uh, lacking in any way. So yeah. The next one we have is Himoto Umaru-chan R, the second season of Himoto Umaru-chan. Uh, this one streamed on Amazon, ran for 12 episodes, done by studio Dogo Kobo, or Dogo Kobo. Uh, the source is a manga, genres are slice of life, comedy, school, seinen. And this one, if you missed the first season, follows Umaru, who is this girl who is probably the most respected girl in her school. Everybody sees her as being very smart, very beautiful, perfect, no flaws. Uh, then, of course, when she goes home to her brother, Tahe, uh, she becomes a little gremlin like physically, visually turns into a small gremlin and just trashes out, eats junk food, plays video games all day, screams and yells about wanting everything that she wants while Tahe works and tries to support her. <laughs> so, <laughs> And she's joined with a bunch of other characters. There's Avina, who is this girl who moved in from uh, out in the sticks, and she has a lot of... Uh, uh, she's self-conscious about her dialect that she has and being a country bumpkin. There's Kitty A who sees Umaru as like her shisho when she's in her gremlin form because <laughs> everybody sees her gremlin form as somebody else for some reason. There's Sylphen Ford who is this kind of uh, girl who is Umaru's rival at school and tries to compete with everybody because she finds it fun. And uh, I think the other notable character that we kind of had with this season was they introduced uh, Hikari who is this girl who is the little sister of uh, Kano Kongo who is the kind of uh, Tahe's supervisor at work, uh, who basically she met at uh, Tahe at some point and uh, sees Tahe as her big sister, or big brother. So, yeah, rivalries of sisterhood <laughs> ensue. Um, I enjoyed the season a lot more than the first season. If anybody listened to our review of the first season, I did not like it. I loved Ebina. I loved Sylphen Ford. But everything else about the show, I did not like. I did not like the whole Maru Gremlin thing. It annoyed the fire out of me. She was she was obnoxious, 
And a lot of that first season was just focused on how Umaru is this gremlin, eats things, and makes Tahe's life miserable. And it never really came to any kind of her learning something about how Tahe is working really hard. It just it ended with her being obnoxious. Uh, this season was a lot better. It toned down the Umaru, th- uh, Maru gremlin thing. Uh, it focused on a lot more heartwarming moments between the characters. Uh, Sylphan Ford, uh, the Christmas episode was absolutely uh, great episode. Great heartwarming episode. <laughs> as all gets. I love seeing her kind of uh, wanting to see Umar, which is this Umaru basically with uh, some sunglasses on or something like that, <laughs> some kind of mask on. Uh, getting into Kirie and her desires to write a book was really cute. Getting a little more into Ebina and her her brother, which whatever the hell happened to that whole thing. <laughs> uh, just these really cute little moments between the characters. Uh, about the only thing that I didn't like about the season was probably the introduction of a new character, which was Hikari. I, I think it was a little bit... Almost like they were trying to make up for the fact they lost the rivalry with Simpson Ford. It's like they almost want they wanted to create another rivalry with uh, Umaru. So they here's here's a Hikari girl and uh, okay, and then it kind of ends. <laughs> and I guess that's the other kind of bad thing is that it just kind of it just ends. It there was it really didn't feel like it came to a chapter close or anything. It was like okay, we're doing presents and then done. And I'm like okay, is there another episode? Uh, which doesn't bother a show like this too much because it's not like it's got some overarching plot line that we need to see a conclusion of. It's just, it felt kind of abrupt. I don't know why. I didn't feel like a last episode, but uh, yeah. What do you think? I I had fun with it. I, I actually was surprised to, I I, I kind of um, uh, disagree with Andrew on the, on how Imaru has changed over the course of the shows. She I don't does think have she a change. I didn't say she changed. I'm saying it didn't focus on her being a gremlin anymore. I just I I I've seen her uh, do uh, take some time to actually um, try to uh, help out Tehe, whether or not she falls back into her old habits or not. That that's aside from the point. She does do that. She goes back into being her gremlin self. But then again, at the same time, you can't have Himoto Omaro-chan without gremlin umaru chan so um and and i do see a lot of uh, i've had a lot of fun watching these characters and how they've um interacted with one another and and have changed over the course of the show so i've i've had a lot of fun with it i think it does really really well at that um i do think that they do get uh uh, gremlin umaru chan does get kind of boring after a certain point you get to a point where you just kind of want her to get over her little gremlin mode so that we can get back to the actual story that's going on. So that's where I stand on it. Yeah, but the problem there is that she's pretty much a staple of the show. I mean, she's on the cover, yeah. so that is one of those kind of troubling things. Uh, yeah, I don't. she as a character has never changed. She's been pretty much the same character from episode one of season one um, until now. It's just I think this show doesn't focus on it as much as it used to, which is a huge plus for me. But every now and then they go, they go, okay, here it is. And this is going to be an entire little skit of this. And it's like, okay, wow. Um, I almost want to skip forward, <laughs> um, to throw the, the downsides to the show. Um, it's still in the end, besides having these little precious moments, like, uh, Tahe recognizing Ebena's desire to, to protect Kyrie and, and blows up Ebena, uh, Sylphen Ford and her little Christmas episode. Uh, in these brief little moments of the, the girls all together kind of having a moment together 
besides those moments, the rest of it's kind of forgettable. It's a very forgettable series. Uh, the first season was forgettable. Um, so in the end, I don't think I'm going to ever look back on this show and say, you got to go watch that. It is kind of a, besides it having its little precious moments, it is kind of a throwaway show in the end. So I will kind of admit that. Um, yeah. Anything else? Or you want to retort that? No, that's okay. pretty much. Himotar Maraton R. All right, our next show we're going to run into is A Sister is All You Need, or Emoto Sai Ireba E. This one's streamed on Crunchyroll for 12 episodes, done by Studio Silverlink, uh, based off of a light novel, and the genres are comedy and romance. And this one follows Itsuki, who is a light novel author, who uh, spends his time <laughs> fantasizing a lot about having this perfect little sister that... Uh, that he cherishes and they do inappropriate things together with. And, uh, he's surrounded by several other characters like his little brother, Chihiro, and a girl who is absolutely obsessed with him. And another author who was inspired by him, who is Nayuta and another girl who went to Itsuki in his university, which is Miyo, uh, Miyaka, Miyo, Miyako, who is trying to basically find herself and uh, several other characters, including another light, light novel author, Haruto, and uh, manga artist, Satsuna, or artist, um, and such and such. And his his uh, his manager, or whatever, who always hates him. <laughs> and it basically just, for the most part, is kind of following Itsuki as he is writing, finding inspiration, having trouble finding inspiration, meeting deadlines. Uh, every now and then, all the characters kind of gather around, play games... And uh, the shenanigans that involve with them and slowly kind of uh, getting into each one of the characters and how they met each other and what they're kind of going through at each moment, Uh, like Nayuta and her, why she's obsessed with Itsuki and uh, Miyako, who is uh, trying to find her way and whatnot, or or Haruta, who finally gets somebody to adapt his work and how that kind of goes down. Um, But yeah. (sighs) Where do I start with the show? I don't know. I don't either. I'm I'm so frustrated <laughs> with this know. show. I wanted I by the first impression I wanted to just say no and just walk away from the show, but it does things every now and then I don't really see in other shows and that's what bothers me. There there's a lot about this show that I absolutely love. I love the little uh tidbits of of play this game and this mm. is the little games I, where I thought huh? I hated that. I thought they were cool. It was I, it was, I like it. I think it's cool. But it's so abrupt, and it feels like it's out of place. That's the problem. It, it, I, I can, I can see that. I mean, basically, I mean, every now like, and then the characters get together, and the Haruto will say, "Let's play a game," and they'll go, "What game?" And he'll say, "Well, this game." And they'll sit there and explain the game, and they'll play the game out. And it's, it's cool because they sort of, they don't just have the characters looking at something. Often, they'll often try to play it out in the head, and they'll show like scenarios playing out with actual characters dressed up or whatever. But yeah, sorry. No, I, I, that, that, that's the thing. So, in, in a way, I can see how it's abrupt. I mean, even when they first introduced it, it was completely out, out of left field. I was like, okay, we're doing this. Well, let's, <laughs> let's go with it. Let's, let's follow. And, it, and, it, and it, was, it was kind of interesting because I would love to have stuff like that. It, it, would, it would probably help to get creative juices going when I want to actually write stuff. And so, I loved that idea. And it was 
one of those cool things. I I I like a lot of the 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 little tidbits of talking about how the in, the the light novel industry works. I, that that was fascinating to me. But at the same time, it's all um, kind of um, done in by the fact that there's the I okay. Itsuki irritates the crap out of me. His his thing of I have to have a little sister is so I understand why his little brother is a little brother. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Because it's just he is so overwhelming with it. And that transfers out into the rest of the characters. I I like most of the characters. I and I like their stories. I want to see where they would go if Itsuki wasn't there. I think he is the biggest problem that I have with this show. Yeah. I the best way I can describe my feeling of the show, it is the most mature immature show ever. What I mean is that when it's it's adult characters, they're just fresh out of university. They're 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 talking about their new jobs, um, being an author, or whatever. They're talking about wanting to find a job, find their future, pursuing their dreams, or finding their dreams. It's maturing that idea. It's, it's gathering together with your friends, having a drink, uh, talking about life, uh, talking about possibility of romances, marriage, stuff like that, all kind of mixed in this little room. But then it just gets immature with just kind of Itsuki and his childish behavior it gets immature with, you know, this girl and she's talking about wanting to jump this guy right in front of everybody else. And it's like, yeah, there are friends. I, I have met people that are like that. They're they're pretty unfiltered when they talk about sex or whatever. But it's like in a certain situation, it feels like it's out of place and kind of immature or just fantasy uh, fulfillment in certain s- sections. So it it's like it feels real at some points and then it just kind of pulls me out with this kind of improbable or just stupid characters at the same time. So that's what frustrates me. It's constantly on that border of, wow, this is really cool. It's telling this cool story. And okay, this is just fantasy fulfillment. Uh, This character being so obsessed with this person that she's pretty much, he's pretty much her day, night and everything. Um, They do well in explaining some certain things. I'm not, I'm not bashing it completely. And I also, I do also enjoy a lot of the characters, uh, moments of these characters um i remember specifically nayuta kind of explaining things that she went to through when she was younger and then miyako being absolutely a lot of miyako's moments were just kind of oh my gosh this is this is soul crushing uh her frustration miyako is like that character that just is angry for everybody else's sake and i love those moments um her being upset about people's uh uh reception of haruta's work uh, her being upset with Nayuta and what she went through and, wanting, and wishing she was there for her. Uh, those moments are great. And then it's kind of thrown out the window when they come back in the apartment and they're talking about how she needs to squeeze her boobs because she needs inspiration for her work. It's like, okay, now you just pull me back out to do the fantasy fulfillment stuff. So it, it's it's all over the place for me and I cannot place myself on enjoying it or not. It's just, it has good moments and it has terrible moments. Uh, a lot of those terrible moments involve Itsuki and his... Uh, obsession with with little sisters but again every now and then he pulls back and he he says something that's like that's great because i think this show a lot of this show or a lot of the story itself with the light novel i'm assuming 
it seems like the light novel author is really kind of uh, projecting himself in a lot of cases. Uh, you know, an author being upset because everybody bashes his story for having tropish happy ending, and he's ticked off because he's invested so much in these characters, and he wants to see them have a happy ending. What's so wrong with that? These are his characters. He's more that invested. That was a great than, scene, by he's the way. <laughs> more, he, he's, an author is going to be more invested into his characters than anybody that reads yep. it. Being upset about somebody's hard work being trashed and not working out, even though so many people work on it. Uh, those little moments are like, wow, is, this isn't just a stupid show. And then we go back and Itsuki has a little weird dream and, and writes a story about some crazy fetishes about eating an egg from a woman. It's It, it, it gets really creepy and weird and then it gets really really cool and heartwarming so and Ashley is amazing I, I forgot to mention that I need to throw that in there somewhere Ashley's amazing I want an entire show of Ashley's financial offices <laughs> just give me an entire show Ashley's financial offices I, I, I need it up I, I have to strangely admit I did like a panty girl episode that was actually pretty funny. <laughs> but then again, that's, that's another one of those moments where it's like, okay, this is serious. And then it's just, well, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I I think the other big issue I have with this show is that it it feels very incomplete. Because it, it, it introduces a lot of kind of overarching storyline with Itsuki and his, and his uh, quote-unquote brother. Um <laughs> And it doesn't really come to conclusion with it. It, It's it it literally it kind of introduces this idea that Itsuki has issues with his father. It kind of introduces the idea that, and I don't expect that something like that's ever going to be. It doesn't have to be resolved. There's a lot of people that have issues with their family. Oh, you know it would be resolved if Chihiro ever told him the truth and then begged him to go and help. And and yeah, he go home. (laughs) But it introduces this whole idea of of parental issues and i and i do see that not everybody who has issues with their parents some of them never get them resolved and so i, I don't expect that they're going to have some kind of grand revelation and itsuki hugs his father or anything like that it's just it didn't it, it almost felt like that was part of it i mean the the title goes with it and to not have any kind of conclusion about chihiro and itsuki they do kind of explain if you want to, if you want to call that an explanation, they kind of explain why Itsuki is obsessed with with little sisters. <laughs> Again, if you want to accept that explanation, um, oh, that was an explanation kind of, of it. Yeah, they kind of explain. <laughs> that was just stupid. <laughs> they kind of explain why Chihiro is Chihiro. <laughs> if you want to accept that explanation, um, so it it kind of feels it, it kind of looking back, it feels incomplete. But at the same time, I. I don't think anybody really is going to be too bothered by it because I think most people coming at this is going to be looking for the cute characters. It's going to be looking for the the wish fulfillments kind of stuff. But um, and it's and it's sad because because of those wish fulfillment moments, because of those etchy moments, because of those cute girls saying slutty things kind of moments. This is one of the shows that I can't recommend for the other things. I can't recommend somebody go watch this if they're looking for a light novel story about a, a, an author trying to make it in the business. Because there's all this other stuff in there that's just going to be kind of embarrassing to even recommend to somebody. So you kind of have to know that going into it, um, it it's an etchy kind of show, and um, they're not afraid to kind of throw that around constantly. So I don't know. I don't know in the end. It's cute. Characters are cute. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's got great etchy. What can I say? 
yeah. I just wish it was just kind of just stick with it. That way I'm not constantly going, what? Okay, we're doing this. <laughs> uh, next one we have is Land of the Lustrious, or Hoseki no Kuni. Go watch it. That's all. There you go. Next one. <laughs> that was my review. Uh, this one is Hoseki no Kuni, streamed on Crunchyroll, ran for 12 episodes. No, it's streamed on Amazon. I'm sorry. Uh, studio is Orange. Source is a manga. And the genres are action, fantasy, and seinen. And this one takes place at a sort of temple. Uh, all these different uh, gems, there's like 28 of them. Um, they're all kind of personified as uh, genderless beings. They kind of look girly, though, feminine. But they are genderless, technically, gems of each person. Um, and they kind of have a appearance like they're a person, but they just have the gem color is their hair. Um, we kind of find out later on that their skin tone and everything is kind of produced by uh, their caretaker who will kind of paint them to have skin tones. But they're technically supposed to be entirely of these gems. Um, but yeah, these gem people <laughs> live with this uh, Kongo sensei who is this monk looking man. And every now and then these uh, they call the Lunarians who are these moon dwellers will ride in on these gigantic clouds and are attempting to hunt these gem people, uh, shatter them, and take their gem parts back to their their home planet or whatever, their, their, their dwelling. And uh, so these gems, each one of them, try to fight off these things, or they, they're tasked to do other things. Some of them don't fight and return back home every now and then and uh, try to survive. And slowly over time, you kind of... The mystery kind of starts seeping in on the idea of where are these Lenarians coming from? Who are the these gym people? Uh, what is Kongo Sensei's relationship with everything that's involved? And uh, just the different types of gems, their their strength, their weaknesses, um, their roles in, in their kind of gathering and hibernation, stuff like that are all kind of mixed in there as well. So, yeah, go watch it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, there's there there's really nothing bad that we can say outside of maybe the ending, which we I I um we we do have a confirmation there's a second season, right? No, no, I have not seen anything yet. Okay, everybody kind of assumes. Yeah, but no. we we all are kind of stuck on this. The ending was a huge cliffhanger, and that no, is probably the worst cliffhanger. It just kind of just. It just ends. I, I I didn't feel like and that, that was the problem. Is it's it's this is one of those shows where it's it's manga bait, but I don't care. I I loved it so much. It doesn't stain it. Like yes, I crave more, but at the same time, I love the journey so much that I it doesn't hurt it in any way, shape, or form. Even though I I there was no conclusion, <laughs> and there literally was no answers. Uh. And that's that's the troubling thing. It's like the journey was so fun. I don't care that there wasn't a destination. If that makes sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> like you're driving down the road and you're seeing, you know, beautiful lights. You're seeing great things left and right as you're looking out the door, the window. That even though you didn't really technically get anywhere, you may drive in a circle. It was such a great drive. You don't care. That's how it works in my head. But yeah, <laughs> I don't care that there wasn't a conclusion. I would love more. Um, but yeah, I think the first thing we got to kind of point out is that this is a fully CGI show. I think Kongo Sensei is the only thing they ever draw 
2D, and it's kind of weird. But <laughs> uh, every now and then they show him, and he's not he's not CG, and that's that was that was one of those odd things. But it doesn't really stick out too much. And they, he's a daggone brick. Yes, <laughs> and he falls asleep like a brick. But the, the interesting thing, though, is that from my understanding, this was something that was in pre-production a while back. This is something that was not like most anime where it's being done on the week that it's being aired. And, you know, you have the whole vision of the, you know, the grab person grabbing the tape and running out the door and trying to, and jumping in a car and speeding down the road to get to the station because it has to air that day. No, this was something that was was being worked on for a long time. And it shows because... You gotta think that there was a lot of effort put into these characters. Just the hair, the hair looks gorgeous. It's about the only thing that we see that is not colored by their little skin tones. They do. Uh, you get the full natural effect of these gems in their hair. And it looks absolutely stunning and beautiful. And the the way the characters move around, their facial expressions, they're very animated. They do they do they pull off that anime look of of expressions and emotions and just uh, Foss being an absolute dork. It pulls those things off so well, and that's something that's usually missing in CGI. Usually, you don't get the goofinesses of characters. I think the only one that got anywhere close to that kind of expressive expressiveness of an anime character was probably BBK BRNK. And even then, they had issues here and there. This one pulls it off, and I, I think I, I give them a lot of credit for that because that is something that is usually sorely missing from CGI anime. But again, putting on top of that being just absolutely stellar uh, animation, uh, the beautiful hairstyles of these characters, the flow of it, and just the directing of each shot. Like having the characters running through these grassy fills and the cameras on the ground and kind of coming up towards their, their front end. Stuff like that, just great camera angles, so to speak, uh, or perspectives of the characters in action and motion. It puts you right in there, and it looks great in motion. And that is definitely something that I, I give it credit for. Um, but yeah, the story itself, yes, it does kind of give it a little bit of a knock when you you think that it doesn't exist, it doesn't have a conclusion. But it does a great job of intrigue. Uh, the story that it's kind of telling is almost like a what what i mean even from the get go when you come in from the fir- first episode it's like who are these gym people i mean what is this who's this sensei guy and why are they kind of working for him who the hell is these things flying in the air and they look so creepy but kind of mysterious at the same time and oh my gosh they just shattered that gym person and then started taking their parts is that like are they dead and then they're like piecing this other person together and they're losing memories and if they lose too much of their gym self they lose memories or their personality and it's like, whoa, whoa, they're, they're slowly introducing these elements of this world. And it's just, it's so intriguing. And it's something that I'm just eating to just eating up because I'm going, I'm slowly getting this kind of bigger picture of things. And then at some point they kind of, they kind of slip out what exactly is going on, but they kind of pull back again and they, they kind of leave you hanging on that thing. And, but at the same time, you're kind of drawing your own conclusions and you're kind of wondering how it's all going to come together in the end. Uh, again, unfortunately, it do, you don't have that, but you, you'd, you'd kind of hope that they're going to eventually get some more coming at you just to kind of have those conclusions. But like I said, having that that element of mystery and the way it was presented to me, I don't feel like I've been robbed. I feel like it's just kind of you can draw your own conclusions. You might get a conclusion eventually, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed the ride, so it, it didn't bother me too much. So just excellent characters. 
the funny moments were just absolutely funny, which I usually don't get from CGI. I usually don't get funny from CGI. And uh, they pulled off everything. I, I, I didn't have a single moment that I wasn't just in love with the show. And I don't know... I, it's hard to explain exactly how that pulled it off. I think it's probably a lot of it to do with the uh, the characters and the intrigue, but uh, it was an absolutely fantastic ride, and it was a pun intended but not intended gem of the year, probably. Yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of really well done uh, parts to this. I I love Fosses. One of the neatest things that I uh, I think came out of this show was the fact that Fos uh, as as a character. Her transformation from the 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 folks at the very beginning of the show, the folks at the middle of the show, and the folks at the end of the show, vastly different characters, and that is probably the biggest thing that I I think this that shines out of this show was so much had happened to this girl and or this character, and that character changed so much. Um, each one of the characters around her, each bringing something different to the uh, to the story and presenting something very different to the story. Um, very different characters all around. Uh, very uh, except for the twins. The twins were kind of you couldn't tell which one was which. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, you can tell which one was Rikajimia. <laughs> each one of the characters very very different very um very different personalities um and each one of them brought something different to the plate um th- i i love the the world and what kind of was uh uh teased at at a certain point in the show and then it almost got to the the big reveal and and we got cut off so I, I really love this show. It was a lot of fun, and I highly suggest it for everybody. I also I love the attention to detail with uh, kind of – there's a lot of cultural stuff. There's a lot of uh, Buddhist kind of stuff kind of mixed in there. One of the things that was really cool that somebody pointed out on Twitter, I don't remember who it was, but they, they were pointing out like there's a certain point in which uh, – I'll just say a certain character kind of gets infused with gold. And there's an element of the character cracking and being and being uh, still bound together by the the uh, the, uh, the gold, and there's actually that's actually something that uh, they used to do. That it it was it's a thing of uh, the accepting imperfections, and so they would take cracked uh, pottery and they would they would put it back together with with gold. And I thought that was kind of cool to get a little bit of uh, technically cultural references kind of mixed in there with how the character was uh being fused together by this gold which was pretty cool so yeah great 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 stuff i don't think there's anything else i can gush about this show i think it's a fantastic show i think everybody should go watch it um absolutely a treat and i do definitely wish or hope for more (laughs) might eventually even check out the manga if, if i don't see anything coming around the corner but uh, seeing as they put so much effort into it, obviously whoever was working on this obviously seen a gem here. And uh, again, no pun intended. So hopefully, I mean, they have the assets. They obviously put a lot of effort into those assets. So I can easily see them doing more with this. I mean, making that hair, putting all that stuff together, it's something all they have to do is just keep it going. And I, I can definitely see them doing that. So it just depends on if they, they make enough from it, I guess. Yeah, that was uh, Land of Lustrous. Next one we have is Konohana Katan. 
Uh, this one streamed on Crunchyroll and for 12 episodes, done by Studio Lursh. The source is a manga, and the genres are Slice of Life, Fantasy, Seinen, and Shoujo Ai. This one follows Yuzu, and Yuzu is starting off her first day, basically, in the first episode at this uh, this resort in the Yokai Village. And uh, it's a hot springs resort, uh, or an inn, and she takes care of the different people that uh, come to this particular resort and meets all the different other attendants that work there. And, uh, and yeah, that's that's basically the opening. It sort of kind of falls in the same lines as a Mushishi-type show, uh, where basically each episode has a different type of, uh, say, a different type of spiritual being or... Uh, a god or a, a ghost, something comes into this particular resort and the characters will kind of explore that that particular visitor and then kind of see them off in the end of the episode. And it kind of does that throughout the entire series um, in kind of little spades. Yeah, this one, um, absolutely adorable. Uh, I think Yuzu is pure and and must be protected <laughs> And she's adorable. She has a great voice actress. Everything about her, I just want to squeeze and love and take care of. And that, I think, helped with this show because you have having such a explorative type of storytelling. Each of these visitors coming in and them kind of trying to figure out what their thing is. Most A lot of the other characters will know who that visitor is, but usually being a new character or the new uh, attendant of this particular resort she's going to be the one that's kind of unpack that character as you're, as you're watching along with the, uh, with Yuzu and her exploration. And that, that does well in the idea of her being innocent, usually very caring, wanting to be, you know, do her best, uh, respecting what she's doing. And the stories that it kind of tells throughout that were just absolutely heartwarming stories. Uh, some of them pretty heartbreaking, but for the most part, they're very, very heartwarming stories that kind of, uh, hits you with each 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 episode um and it kind of mixed in there as well as kind of exploring to the other attendants uh, why they're there their backstories with other characters and um yeah what do you think chris i thought it was wonderful i i really really love these girls and i loved the little stories that they they told each one of them um in turn uh having their own little moment to shine um having uh these these people who were coming in or uh the gods that were coming in and having these nice these cool little uh sub stories in there love the uh okami episode kind of the the twist to to tie the knot in in that there was kind of mind bendy yeah i loved it i thought it was really kind of cool that they pulled that one off at the end it was just a lot of fun to watch this show and and i i really really enjoyed myself with it um, yeah, I think one of my favorite ones is probably definitely the Akami's episode was, was definitely a, a mind bend there. Uh, I, I, so technically also the, the dog episode, I'll just say that you, you, it wouldn't be spoiler until you know what, what's happening. Um, the dog episode was absolutely mind bending as well. <laughs> um, but they're really great. Uh, like the, for, the, this, this, the lady that's sewing the, the clothing in the, in the shack in the back, that was absolutely fantastic. Not really shack in the back, but a little, little hut in the back. Absolutely fantastic! The the wedding tri- uh, dress for the lost child, the 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 compulsive liar. I mean, they're all just really fantastic little stories that are all kind of held together by just having really adorable characters um, that kind of pull it all together to give you like a little enjoyable experience. 
Um, and at, at the at the risk of scorn, the doll episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Definitely recommend it. Um, not much to talk about, mainly because I don't want to spoil any of the story. So right, <laughs> it makes it makes it a little more difficult. All I can do is kind of th- say that I love these ones and hint. <laughs> Uh, but definitely a treat, definitely cute, uh, definitely up there in the uh, relaxing and healing types of shows as well. I think we put that in our debates as well. So definitely, definitely check that one out. And again, Yuzu is is cute. Oh, yeah, and Cutie, I love Cutie. There was enough Cutie, even though she was my Kitsune Saber. Mm-hmm. She even has the blue ribbon in the back, just like just like Saber. I don't think they had enough of uh, Sakura, so. Yeah. She wandered around too much, and they didn't want to focus on her. All right, uh, next one we have is Food Wars, our last one, actually. Uh, Food Wars, the third plate. We didn't actually know that we were going to review this one until recently when we discovered that they were going to split this. Uh, they're going to do another part of it later. We thought it was going to be a two-core. Uh, Shokugeki no Soma San no Sara. Again, the third plate. This one was streaming on Crunchyroll for 12 episodes, done by Studio JC Staff. Uh, sources of manga, and the genres are Echi, School, Shonen, and Food. Which definitely, they finally brought back a little bit of the etchy, so we can leave that genre in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one, for those who don't know, we're on now the third season of uh, Food Wars. Uh, basically follows a boy named Soma, who worked with his father at a family kind of restaurant. And at some point, his dad closes up shop and puts a sign outside saying, Hey, Soma, uh, I'm leaving for the time being, and you're going to go to the school. Which is this prestigious school where it's pretty much uh pretty rough uh, basically if you mess up a meal or you don't pass a single little test you can just get kicked out uh they do little sometimes they do these shokugekis where some people can challenge other people at the risk of uh losing things usually being expelled as well <laughs> And uh, Soma, he's he coming to this prestigious school. Everybody's really prim, proper, and uppity. And he kind of comes in and says, "Hey, you're all basically stepping stones for be- becoming a, a you know a, the best chef ever," and quickly makes his enemies with pretty much everybody. Uh, but it basically follows Soma as he goes through the school and takes all the challenges that they're kind of thrown at them. And coming into the third season, we basically kind of we jump right into the return of. One of the, uh, a main key player in the family of ownership of this particular school and his desire to kind of change that school. And, uh, yeah, I, I think for the first part of this particular core, it almost felt like two different arcs one being kind of an ending arc and one being going into, I guess, what they're going to be really kind of hitting at for the time being going forward. Uh, the first parts the first half i didn't really care much for it was really just kind of a competition between soma and uh this koga guy who is one of the uh the elite 10 and his desire to kind of beat him and shokugeki in order to get into the the elite 10 didn't really care much for it it was it was it was kind of it, it had some good moments i i really enjoyed kind of seeing all these characters come into soma's aid uh kind of a revisiting all these people that soma's kind of touched um the second arc i actually I'm mixed on. I I I like having some of these character buildings. I love seeing Arena kind of uh, almost thrown off uh, her usual path, which was kind of interesting as well. Um, but the returning character, this Azami guy, 
a lot of that kind of stuff really I couldn't take too seriously. <laughs> I mean, I I'm not invested in the school, and and for them to kind of throw out this idea that oh no, this school is being changed and it could change the food in the world forever, and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't really, I, I'm not following the seriousness of this, and maybe it's just me trying to be me trying to take it seriously, and it's not really meant to be taken so seriously. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm I'm at a lot a loss with Food Wars altogether. I'm. I'm three three seasons in technically, and I've been sticking with it, even though I'm not a huge fan of it. So don't really take my word for the series at all, just because I haven't really been enjoying it really from the beginning. I do love some character moments with with some of the characters. Um, the food I could care less about, and that's the, really the biggest problem for me. I don't like the food, and this show is about food. Uh, I like the characters, and I love the character moments, and every now and then it it pulls it off in spades. Um, if you're looking for a competition show, a food show that has characters, this has them, and I love them. But the other half is the food. It's the competitions. It's this melodrama, uh, dorky stuff about, you know, basically ruling the world or taking over the world with food. And and not really taking over the world, but taking over the food world. That stuff is just absolutely cheesy. I cannot follow it, and it loses me. So I, I don't know if I'll continue after this one just because I'm – kind of tired of being negative about it and i'm sure people that love this show listening to me think are just kind of furious listening to me talk negatively about the show um but i don't know i I'll, i'm gonna be definitely thinking about going on with this show with the next season so yeah i think that's that's the biggest biggest problem with this season was there wasn't a lot of character moments in this season i mean that that first it was that, really just Erina. There was a ton yeah. of Erina's backstory. Erina and and Alice got a lot oh, of love. Alice, in this, I in, love exactly. Alice chewing him out. Oh, I, that's was, such a great there scene. Was some, Again, they have great character moments. Exactly, there was some great <laughs> character moments in that second arc. That's why I, I I'm I'm on the same pretty much the same wavelength as Andrew. That first arc, I, I didn't. It, oh, was, it didn't CG do much. Oh, the cooking guys over yeah. and oh, over yeah. <laughs> And but again, I, I noticed I it, guys. Subaru. I noticed it. The the the, the bad bad scenes there. I love seeing Subaru come back. Um, yeah, Megami and and Ikumi all helping Soma again. Character moments sprinkled in there. I love them. Um, and then this the the second half was was those moments with with uh, Alice and Erina, which I thought were really phenomenal moments. I I liked finally seeing a they both shine in this. Yeah, I I I liked seeing the kind of the explanation behind Erina's and uh, Alice's kind of rivalry, getting that understanding of why Erina is Sundere because that, that pretty much is why she's Sundere. <laughs> So it was kind of cool to see those th- scenes. I agree with Andrew. Uh, Azami does not work for me in any way, shape, or form. He, I, and then, and then the the cheesy reveal at the end was just like, okay, that's where we're going with this. <laughs> I actually went. Oh, wait, I thought she knew already. <laughs> what? Why does she not know this? Did I miss a name change at some point for Soma or or, or Joichiro? I don't know. It, it, it was one of those things. It's like, um, okay, and then him going, well, this is the reason why because this. 
uh, okay, <laughs> I that that that, yeah, that was that was way cheesy. So I am kind of interested to see where they go from here. I like like I'm really interested in seeing how Edna now takes this news. Um, but I I have to admit this last season really really killed me on this show. So which sucks because I. I loved the last, uh, what was it? We had like a short last season, wasn't it? Yeah. Like a six episode. I'm like, loved it. Loved kind of seeing all these characters kind of sprinkled out through all these restaurants and, and really being tested. And then it kind of came back to this. So I, I guess I just came off of something that was really enjoyable and more Shokugeki's. <laughs> um, and they were yeah. the worst Shokugeki's ever. I mean, come on, really? Did you really expect me to believe that Soma's going to get kicked out of the school Again. i mean do they really <laughs> expect us to believe this it's not gonna happen i'm just waiting for the moment that he actually does and they have like this whole little period of time where they're trying to somehow undo it <laughs> yeah figure out a way to fix it <laughs> find some kind of technicality find out that the the the, the judges were running out of technicalities something like guys <laughs> something like that so yeah that that last shokugeki was like really do we just kind of undo though yeah anyways so yeah, I, I'm really, I'm really kind of. I was debating. actually really kind of curious if they were going to give him the first scene in that. I, I was like, "Wow, are they really going to do this?" <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of bias in that that judging panel too, so it was kind of surprising. But anyways, yeah, like like I said, I'm I'm still debating if I'm going to continue on the series. I do agree with Chris. I'm kind of curious to see how Arina responds. Like I said, I thought that she knew already, so that's was. <laughs> I think it was more shocking for me than Arina. I was like. <laughs> She's shocked, and I'm going. I'm more shocked. What are you talking about? Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I do agree. I'm kind of curious about that because I, I do kind of I, and it sucks again. I love the characters. I I think Soma is an absolutely fantastic main character just because everybody is so serious and so stupidly cheesy uh, serious, and he's the guy that kind of comes up in front of the camera and says you, you just so uncomposed and says something stupid. Uh, he breaks everybody's uh, kind of pompous attitude. And that, that kind of makes him shine. And there's a lot of fantastic characters around him. Um, so it does suck kind of walking away from it. But at the same time, I don't care about anything else in the show. And that kind of sucks. So, yeah. Food Wars, the third plate. Definitely go check it out. It's a great show. Even though I have my issues, I definitely recommend everybody go watch the first season. Check it out. You you get an idea if you're going to love the show or not. And it has a lot of things to offer. It's just I am one of those few people that doesn't care about the food porn stuff and it spends too much time on that stuff. So yeah, that's food wars, the third plate and that's it. Another decently quick episode. Not, not too quick, but, uh, it's another, it's another batch of them down. We still have, we still have some few more. I guess I can tell you guys what we have in our last setup so that you know what we're coming up. We still have one more podcast review for fall 2017 season um we're going to be reviewing love life sunshine season two love is like a cocktail anime gataris wake up girls two welcome to the ballroom elegant yokai apartment life magical circle guru guru and yuki yuna is a hero washio sumi and hero chapter i'm not looking forward to that episode but i'm also looking forward to that episode <laughs> i so badly want to talk about magical girl uh, magical girl magical circle guru guru and yuki yuna and stuff like that not looking forward to talking about anything idol related <laughs> but we gotta do it so look forward to that um that will be an interesting episode but uh all of our reviews of course are on takuspear.com 
go there for all of our anime new and old. Great community, the form links top, social media links on the right side. A review button up there that you can click on and find a specific show that you're looking to see if we reviewed or not, just to see if we enjoyed it or get our perspective on it. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening to us and uh, enjoying, hopefully re- enjoying our opinions on this stuff, hopefully not annoying you about certain things. But in the end of the day, it's all opinion. And uh, we love and hate shows. You love and hate shows. So we all can come together and talk about basically what they can do. And that's always great. If you loved uh, Food Wars and the food porn stuff, definitely let us know. If you loved everything about Sister All You Need, definitely let us know. Amaro Chan, if you like that little gremlin version of her, tell us why. We always love to hear you guys and your opinions. I, I think the thing I enjoy most about uh, listening to other people's opinions is hearing why they love things. And uh, I can definitely respect it in any way, shape, or form because that's all we're all here for is to yeah. enjoy anime. So. That's that's a lot of it. I mean, I go for it. Tell me how much you love it. It's great. Tell me how much you love it. Tell me how much you love me. I mean, I love it. <laughs> but again, we're at TalkingSpirit.com. We thank you all for listening. We hope you all enjoyed, and you'll take care. Oh, man.